0: Hello and welcome to The Feed Zone. My name is Jason Flores and you can typically catch this live on Friday mornings on DZ dot um, com or Zwift Live by O D Z on Facebook. You can also check us out on your favorite podcast app. All you need to do is search for the Endurance Lab in your favorite podcast app. So, quick introductions here. Again, my name is Jason Flores, and welcome to In the Feed Zone. Quick medical disclaimer before we get started: that the only purpose of this live stream is to educate and to inform and it's no substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified professional, and that it does not constitute medical or professional advice or services. The goals of the live stream today are to present current articles in the media covering food and hydration and how it relates to endurance sports, and also to open up a dialogue for viewers to ask questions and to get advice and to talk about their experiences with these topics. In the past couple weeks, I've gotten a little bit of feedback of some of the articles that we've covered, and I was hoping to go back and cover a couple things that hopefully would give us a little bit more information. So I found a couple articles that may be helpful. Our article today is actually from Cycling Weekly. You could check them out at cyclingweekly.com, and it's going to be about fueling properly for winter cycling. I covered this a couple podcasts ago. Um, but got a couple questions just to get a little bit more insight. so I found an article that would work well. We'll go ahead and go over kind of the top things that we'll be talking about today. We're going to be talking about things that we sh- should consider, um, specifically um, considering our calories, um, the idea of a hydration station and what that means or what we should be thinking about. Um, thinking about ky- carbohydrates and specifically their use during um, cold weather outings. Um, the idea about warming it up, um, whether it be warming up on the bike or your food, Um, what things you can do to bolster your immunity. You could actually go back a podcast or so, and we did talk about things um, to avoid getting sick, Um, and also thinking ahead. So we'll go over these six topics, kind of take our time, uh, and have a little bit of a conversation here. I'll post a link to the full article um, in the live post here at Zwift Live by ODZ, so definitely check that out and you can check the show notes and information there as well. So as we prepare for these colder rides, for some of our team members, they um, are full winter rides just because of the temperature. Um, It's not all about dressing properly, protecting our body, because cold conditions can present very unique challenges when it comes to a fueling perspective. Um, It's a little bit different. So even if you don't live in a super cold place, for example, where we're at here in California, um, it can be definitely very moderate. Uh, we do have colder mornings, but it doesn't last most of the day, thank goodness. But some of our friends in the areas that it is cold, it can present kind of an all-day, all-ride um, consideration. So first thing to do is we wanted to touch on considering um, your calories. And essentially, you know, you can estimate there's different studies and calculators that says you should be taking in about twofold um, or twice the amount of calories during cold weather just because uh, the amount of calorie burn that you'll have during that session um, whether it be wet icy or cold the body is working harder to do the same sort of work as if it was warm so it also does provide an additional resistance Thinking about pushing up against a headwind or rain, Um, also the additional clothing, the ability to um, exchange, um, you know, what we call like thermal regulation or the release of heat from the body into the environment Um, and just inefficiency as a whole during cold weather can all increase your calorie burn. So it's super important to make sure that we're um, taking that into consideration. It also, which is very important, and I find for myself as well as the athletes that I work with, is that it can also blunt your appetite, meaning that you may not feel as hungry when it's cold out. So it's very important to go out with a plan um, and have what you need accessible uh, in order to achieve your goals. So obviously a failure to consume the calories, um, you know, the protein, the carbohydrates, all of these things that we typically talk about kind of in a perfect situation. Um, Can significantly impair your performance your recovery your immunity all these things um, and Essentially make for a ride to be very very much more difficult than it should be Um, So the training volume um, and intensity can be reduced Um, We just need to kind of just need to take that into consideration on these sort of rides So just be aware that changing um, your training sessions and knowing that during this time you may need to adjust um, great thing with the things that we do um, with the advent of Zwift um, and um, you know workouts from um, Trainer Road, um, looking at training peaks and now um, looking at Sufferfest. All these things are options for when the weather gets really tough, and a lot of us already use some of these. So something to think about that. So. As far as calories are concerned, making sure that you have a plan and also watching your intake. And we've had plenty of podcasts about how you can take a look and making sure you're getting the right things in. All right. So um, the next idea we wanted to touch on was what's called a hydration station. Well, really, it's not going to the gas station um, and hoping that they have everything you need. But during, um, you know, your training session, you need to make sure that you're maintaining adequate fuel fluid intake meaning that you ne- you're you getting the hydration in you're getting water and um, a good mix of carbohydrate and water in there for optimum um, absorption into the body and we've talked a little bit about that making sure that you are focusing primarily from your bottles hydration and then um, getting fuel otherwise oppositely on days where on days where um you, know, you may not be able to reach your bottle and the weather is very, very um, difficult. You may switch that over to get more carbohydrates into your bottle as well. And so that is a consideration during these cold times. So like in warm temperatures, it's very easy. You get prompts to drink. You feel like, oh, I do feel thirsty. Um, so uh, when you are cold and the body is fighting to stay warm, a lot of times you'll find that you don't feel thirsty and you don't feel hungry. Um, and even though that you are sweating, um, the body doesn't recognize this um, a lot of times and it can be difficult um, because the body temperature is being held in with all the clothes, let's say, if we are all dressed properly. So the risk of dehydration definitely increases during this time. There was a study that they brought up that hydration levels of performing athletes in cold versus warm weather sports that the cold weather teams had reported the highest incidence of dehydration, meaning that they came back from their training rides or races more dehydrated when they um, just had voluntary fluid intake. Um, Essentially, they were drinking to thirst that they were drinking less and coming back more dehydrated from colder weather sports versus warmer weather sports. So a conscious decision definitely needs to be made if you are looking for your highest level of performance during these sort of weather conditions. Um, There was also another study that we're talking about um, that voluntary fluid intake uh, to dry um, in these winter sport athletes were blamed on the belief that the sweat loss was less or insignificant. But in fact, if you are working at that higher level, it wasn't just a reduction to um, the drive to drink, but also exer- exercising in cold condition actually increases the water loss via aspiration, um, that's you breathing out, as well as the body is um, forced to warm the body and humidify the cold air. So it's actually working a bit more than it would on a warm day, for example. So the last thing being that there's a constriction of the blood vessels. So the blood's not able to flow as easily as it would during warm weather um, for these same cold weather athletes. So the fluid circulating in the body and the organs was actually a little bit less, as well as your urine output. Um, and all of these things are um, need to be taken into consideration. So in fact, it's not that the body's not working that hard. So the sweat losses do tend to be lower in the winter. You are still at risk of a dehydration Um, Due to reduced fluid intake and water loss so dehydration of course we all know can affect performance But so maintaining an adequate intake of fluid during cold-weather rides should be a key priority Especially in these in this weather condition So with this in mind what we want to do is start your our training sessions well hydrated Of course, with any training session, we want to do that. So you want to drink early on your ride um, and kind of get an idea every 15, 20 minutes, for example. Set some sort of an alarm or idea. Hey, this is what we're going to do to stay on track um, and can be very helpful. Um, Typically, we use the one bottle an hour. Um, We should try to keep that in the cold weather as well, um, uh, if not just a little bit more. Um, so, one way you could find out how much water loss you're having during a typical session to kind of set a baseline, we've talked about this before, is uh, you weigh yourself before um, with minimal clothing, um, and then you jump on for a trainer ride uh, of a certain time, let's say usually an hour, you jump off, um, you weigh yourself again, you have an idea of um, how much weight you've lost, you can convert that to how much water that is, uh, and you'll get at least a baseline amount of how much you should be drinking per hour. Um The other idea is that warmer fluids may be tolerated a little bit better when exercising in the cold. And so when I looked into this or when I asked writers kind of how they feel about this, um, really it's not talking about bringing like your hot chocolate or your hot coffee in your bottles. It's actually just getting it to be um, a good amount of degrees below the ambient temperature. So for example, if the temperature was 30 degrees outside, if you could use a bottle that's either wrapped up. Or one of those insulated bottles to keep the water just at what would normally be room temperature. Let's say if it was 30, like 60 degrees, let's say, um, it would actually be a little bit more soothing um, to the body um, and could be easily um, uh, increase your motivation to drink. So again, so starting or trying an insulated um, bottle that we would normally use kind of in the warmer months to be able to keep uh, your drink a little bit warmer, uh, not say hot, but um, warmer than the ambient temperature could be useful or uh, maybe wrapping a bottle in um, some type of protective sock could be also useful so that it doesn't get too cold. And what you'll find, or at least stories that I've heard uh, from athletes, is that bottles can actually sort of freeze and be very, very cold because of the wind passing by and then the condensation that happens on the outside of the bottle. So moving on to our next point we're going to talk about carbohydrates and their role. So as with um, hydration, we were talking about making sure that you're staying hydrated during these sessions outdoors for carbohydrates is also consideration that we need to take. Um, Obviously we know that is a preferred energy source, especially when doing high energy or high aerobic efforts. Um, You know, the fueling is during all endurance exercises. So and we know that they also have limited capacity um, in our bodies, so it becomes very, very important because the body is actually not only to do your training session and to turn the pedals in our case, um, but if in fact it is cold enough that the body is feeling it, your body shivering and your muscles are trying to warm the body itself even without moving, so even looking at studies you know, far back You know, they were looking at groups of men who were shivering for um, two hours and they discovered they discovered there was a sevenfold increase in their carbohydrate use compared to those um, that were um, just looking at um, their oxidation or their use of fat. So they actually their bodies actually had switched to using a carbohydrate source in order to just stay warm um, because of the conditions that they were in. So um, I guess looking at kind of the big picture of all this, you know, it starts tapping into your muscle glycogen very, very early because of the temperature and because your body is in a almost like fight or flight response trying to survive if in fact it's that cold. So looking at that demand um, in conjunction with the demand that we normally have with longer rides, Um, the risk of glycogen depletion or essentially, you know, bonking or running out or not having enough carbohydrates on boards can definitely be of um, of warrant of something we need to look out for. So this definitely can lead to dips in performance, getting fatigued very early on, um, also with the risk of uh, injury, which we don't want. Um, So uh, it's the the problems don't only lay in um, early fatigue, but You know, if we do get down to glycogen depletion, it could also make you more cold. Essentially, your body will start moving those sources and not allowing your body to essentially keep the body temperature proper. And so you you'll head to exhaustion very, very quickly. So to avoid this, we we essentially need to make a plan like we've talked about before um Of course, before and during, um, we can separate that into a couple sections. Uh, the first being before, you can have a meal containing very slow releasing carbohydrates two or three hours before a session, always recommended. Things like a hot bowl of porridge or oats, baked fruits, things that are just kind of warm, baked potatoes, um, things like that. Um, These are all things that we just normally would fuel. So if you wouldn't normally fuel on, let's say, a one or two hour ride, you may want to kind of treat it as if it were a longer ride and to get that fueling into the body to make sure that it has it on board. 30 30 to 60 minutes before, um, we're looking for something kind of a, a carbohydrate rich snack. You're looking at something like a banana or raisins or something like that just to. To boost the blood glucose. Um, In this same category, you can do fuels like um, you know uh, um, a bar or even um, even a gel if you do well with those. Um, And then refueling rides up to sixty minutes, um, and in those intervals is something that we need to kind of just take into consideration. You may need to add a little bit more than you normally would, even for that sixty-minute workout. And of course, rides over an hour, you're looking at anywhere from thirty to sixty grams. This is our typical. Typical consideration that we have to our riders and it's just recommended to maintain blood glucose levels and even more important during those times where During those times where it is super cold out. So as with any fluids, we've talked about that It needs to be easy uh, to open and to eat uh, without needing to remove your gloves If in fact you have long-fingered gloves or even kind of a more substantial glove It needs to be easy to be able to eat Wrappers need to be cut open so it's easy to slide out and that sort of thing. Um, So easy to eat foods like bananas, fig rolls, trail mix, um, oat and fruit based energy bars. So just if you are remember if you are looking or opting for a gel, uh, you just need to make sure that you need to take fluid intake into um, into the equation as well. You'll need to take both obviously. And then of course, post workout, a meal or snack containing carbohydrates and protein, kind of normal recommendations. So the main thing during all of this is making sure that you fuel just that little bit more. If you are going out for one or two hour rides, keep in mind, think about maybe if you were fueling for a two to three hour ride, that way you have fuel on board beforehand, as well as, um, you are fueling yourself during and making sure that those choices that you have are easy to obtain, meaning that you can reach out to them, um, and, actually eat them um and and get to them so we'll jump forward um we're about halfway through here we're gonna talk about warming it up so essentially um consuming cold foods in cold weather just doesn't sound right um but a lot of the foods that we do use the prepared foods that we have bars and gels and things like that are cold and will in fact get colder um as we carry them during our rides and so the motivation to eat or drink those are could be very very low and they could also contribute to a dip in your body temperature because you're consuming cold foods so from a practical standpoint icy drinks and semi frozen and sports bars aren't the most Appetizing things on your on your list. So to avoid this, you know, see if you can look for more warm foods um, Before and of course your rides and during and even after your training um, Like we mentioned before using insulated containers if needed Sports streaks like we talked about could be warmed for the sessions on the bike um and as a recovery, looking at a thermos of hot chocolate or something like that for afterwards, just to kind of warm the body afterwards. Um, so when it comes again back to post-workout meals, um, hot healthy dishes again to warm yourself from the inside out. Things like warm oatmeal, hearty soups, chilies, rice, things like that, um, and winter stews with baked potato. Uh, these can all help in the recovery process and are um, kind of on the warm side. I guess on the opposite of that, um, we would normally, could normally at least, actually look into more cold options, which would be like smoothies and things like that, recovery drinks, so um, looking looking at that, you may want to opt for some of these you know, kind of whole food um, choices, I think it would be very, very wise. So kind of wrapping that up, just making sure that you are opting for warmer foods if you can. It's tough, of course, to bring warm foods on the bike, Um, so making those choices, you know, towards actual foods versus like a cold, cold, ice cold gel or, um, drink or something like that could be, could be useful. So next up, we've got bolstering your immunity. Um, and you know, flu season during this time, especially when the weather is cold, a lot of us are all pent up inside. And typically that is what's found in the studies is what is causing us to get sick is because we are just, um, inside, (laughs) inside around people um what that we're not getting out and getting fresh air and the air inside our houses and places on offices and things like that are not getting um, recycled into fresh air so it's really important during this time um that we are taking um consideration about our immune system and we need to make sure that when we do have intense training that it can significantly increase the risk of illness and definitely some interruptions to this training so this uh idea of increase of uh, upper respiratory tract infections, especially affecting the nose the mouth and kind of even in the throat, are all increased during the winter months, during the fact that during the cold, that the dry air favors the survival of these type of viruses as well. And being all pent up in our offices and our homes can definitely play uh, a role in this. So some of kind of the things that we brought from our podcast about avoiding getting sick was making sure that you're washing your hands, um, avoiding the spread of these germs, making sure you're having a well-balanced, nutritious diet to kind of make sure your body has all the fuel that it needs, um, including brightly covered antioxidant, you know, fruits, vegetables, uh, fatty acids like fatty fish, walnuts, omega-3. We've got a whole uh, podcast about that just a couple weeks back. Um, So these immune boosting ingredients like um, coconut oil, garlic, chili, ginger, we also covered a couple spices that can definitely help during, um, you know, boosting your immune system. And um, of course, a healthy balance of your gut bacteria is also vital, um, with research showing that daily probiotic can boost immunity as well as gut health. Um, So just some really good things. So As far as supplements to kind of look at, we did talk about a probiotic. Consuming that daily could be very, very useful. Something like vitamin D, especially in the winter, because you may not be getting um, exposure to the sun. Um, It's very, very important because um, as a majority of our stores are activated by sunlight um, and exposure to the skin, you are more covered up. You're not getting exposed to to the sun as much in the winter months. Um, You can get um, onto a lower level and this can lead to a greater risk of colds and flus. So um, looking at dietary sources um, like fatty fish, eggs and butter, as well as a supplementation could be very, very useful. And also if in fact um, you are getting or feeling kind of under the weather, um, increase or or doing a mega dose of vitamin C um, anywhere from a thousand, even up to 4,000 milligrams um, is thought to be effective. And there are some foods including peppers, dark green leafy vegetables, kiwis and oranges that are actually pretty high in vitamin C, as well as powders and, and um, chewables that can be very, very um, useful to supplement that. And then above all, we've um, talked about this before as well, that lack of sleep and high stress can also influence immune function. So it's important to establish a good sleep habit, um, as well as um, you know things that we've talked about in the podcast before, as far as the balance between sleep and nutrition, with um, sleeping at night, turning off electronic devices and thing, and the effect of alcohol on our sleep as well as our performance. As we round out here on our last um, point is to think ahead, to plan, perform and prepare. So um, it's kind of the over, uh, over kind of standing tip that we have for the whole conversation today. And it's so to infu- essentially to fuel effectively, you need to think ahead, and you need to prepare. Um, you don't wanna leave things to chance. You wanna make sure that you have what you need. Um, nobody wants to end up middle of the ride or um, super hungry or um, and not having enough food or find out that your bottle is half frozen because of um, you riding the last hour and a half or something like that. So one tip that we did have was that you know, bringing a half full bottle or an empty bottle to be able to fill up halfway through at a water stop could be very, very useful too. So those are some things to take into consideration. So just consider the length of the ride and those pit stops and the availability of food to get, you know, that would be warmer than what you're carrying in your pocket. Um And if you can heat something up or purchase something that's warm, that could be to your advantage. So kind of keep that in mind as you're out on your training rides and with your group. Um, at the same time, you know, for the pre and post workout times, you want to cook hot foods in bulk so you have that available, That's soups and stews and things like that, and make sure that fluid and food are available for right after during the recovery period, whether it's work or home or somewhere else. Um, we just need to find that so that um, the convenience of heating food isn't an issue because you want to keep... Refuel yourself with warm food if you can. So having that available, those oats and porridge or soups, whatever you're going to be having after, could be useful. Just again, just preparing. So just remember that all all these conditions, you know, if you're in cold, whether it be cold, icy, rainy, these all can be really hazardous. Um, Obviously, it's very, you know, bravado to make it out during those times. Um, You should definitely carry some emergency rations, meaning a little extra food always, whether it be for yourself or one of your fellow ride mates just in case something were to happen and you end up being outside more than more than um, you're anticipating. So having extra food can be definitely very, very useful. So as a quick summary, we talked a little bit about fueling properly for winter cycling. This is our second podcast about that, delving a little further into the conversation. Um, we talked about needing to consider the amount of calories that you're putting in and thinking that the body is actually using more calories than it normally would. Um, Making sure that you have um, an idea of what hydration you're going to be having, planning all of that, and making sure on the carbohydrate side that you're feeling as well, that you're making sure that you have those opportunities and fueling just that little bit more than you normally would. Uh, we talked about warming things up, whether it be the food or the hydration that you're bringing or stopping along the way to get something kind of room temperature. Um, and it doesn't need to be hot warm, it just needs to be warmer than it is outside. We did talk about a couple of tips about how to bolster your immunity and um, that you need to think ahead and kind of the overwhelming topic here is to plan, to prepare in order to be able to perform. So really great article by cycling weekly, and they've got a couple that I've pulled out for the coming week. So I look forward to be able to present those to you. Um, I'll go ahead and put, um, a link to the full article here, uh, in the live stream, but, and I'll also post that, um, in the show notes, but you can go to cyclingweeklycom slash news. They've got some really great articles, not only about cycling news, but nutrition and everything else, but they've got a good basis of information there. So for me, um, looking into these things, um, definitely really interesting topic. And if you have a topic that you'd like to hear in the feed zone, definitely send it through, um, leave it in the comments here, and I will take a look at that. With that, I wanna say thank you for joining us today. It was a little bit of a longer presentation today, um, and I thank you. And I want you guys to, if you get a chance to head to the Facebook group, search for Zwift Live by ODZ. If you're watching this live, click that like button, share it with a friend, um, or head to your favorite podcast app the, and search for The Endurance Lab. Lastly, we do have a YouTube channel, definitely check that out as well. All you need to do is search Team ODZ or The Endurance Lab and click that subscribe button. And what's the worst that you can do, uh, that could happen is you hear me, Justin and Taya and all the rest of the Team ODZ group in your podcast app or in your YouTube channel um, every week. We've got content every week. So definitely check that out. All right, so with that, I want be signing off and I will see everybody next week in the feed zone.